data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their takes on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, AJ and Vincent chat with Ben Conrad, VP of Digital Marketing and Automation at Milwaukee Bucks. He talks about how community pride plays a big role in brand and allows for successful campaigns. AJ and the Marketing Stir team are excited to kick off Season 3, but Vincent is missing. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Marketing Stir. Uh, this is the uh, first time we are missing my co-host, but I will try to do my best here. Uh, we've had some missing guests in the past, but never a missing podcast host. But that said, I am very excited to have Ben Conrad, who is the Vice President of Digital Marketing and Automation at Milwaukee Bucks. So Ben, great to have you here and uh, apologies for my podcast host. He's going to uh, turn up, I'm sure, at any time. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. So Ben, tell us, uh, obviously, a lot of our listeners are familiar with the brand, but tell us a little bit about the team and what your role is. So, yeah, so obviously I'm from... From the Milwaukee Bucks, we are an NBA basketball team. Um, so my role within the team, I'm the, the VP of digital marketing and automation. So it kind of spans a lot of different areas uh, as it relates to the marketing team. Um, it's really interesting because I think one of the things that people don't realize about sports in general is that the brand is big, but a lot of times the, the staff is small. So, and a lot of the things that people do are kind of based on where they came from within the organization. So this is my 25th season with the Bucks. Uh, I started in ticket operations um, and started then moved into like database, email marketing and some of those things. So a lot of the things that I do now are kind of based on some of the foundations that were laid uh, during my earlier years. So, I mean, I r- really do all of our lead gen, all of our email, uh, all of our marketing automation, our ticket offers, uh, and just and not only is it for Bucks, but it's also for all of our other properties like Fiserv Forum. When we have concerts and shows, um, we have a few other uh, restaurants. We have a Mecca Bar, which is across the street. We have a chicken tender brand called the Cluckery. Um, our pro shop. So m- myself and my team do all the all the marketing and uh, email automation for all those brands. That's pretty cool, Ben. And, you know, it's rare to find somebody who has worked uh, anywhere these days for that many years. Uh, So tell us a little bit about how you got started. And in particular, when did you switch to the marketing role? Yeah, so I mean, many moons ago when I went to college, I went to college for marketing. Um, But then, you know, I had like a lot of people, I, I had this view of wanting to work in sports. Uh, I had always been passionate about sports and wanted to do it. So I got a role with the Bucks out of college in, in, a, in the ticket operations team. And at that time, like the Bucks, for example, didn't have a marketing department. So there wasn't even really an opportunity to 
to actually go into marketing for the Bucks at that time. So um, I started there and then I, you know, the whole idea of email marketing at that point, I mean, this was, you know, 2000. So then that was when we started to do email marketing. So I, I had not done that, but then I started to do email marketing for the team. And so as I progressed and, you know, data became more part of, became part of what marketing was, was what needed, what needed to be for marketing. Um, then I started to take into that role. So as my progression in the organization happened, like each role that I had were roles that never existed in the organization before. So even like the one I have now is I'm the first person with that title per se. So essentially like I, myself and one other person started the digital department at the Bucks. And then, you know, the CMO that we currently have was our first true marketing hire. And that was, I think around 10 or 11 years ago. So we've kind of, we had different elements where I was in marketing, but I wasn't necessarily listed as marketing. And then that kind of continued to progress. Whereas now obviously uh, full-fledged marketing in all aspects of what I do. That, that's pretty crazy, Ben, especially when you think about the kind of brand name that your team has to think that there was no marketing department to speak of when you started. Uh, so how do you approach marketing, uh, and especially from somebody who has built the marketing department from the ground up, and what's been a, a game changer for you? Well, I think, I mean, there's been, a, there's been a couple of game changers as it relates to just the organization in conjunction with the marketing, right? Like, uh, in, in 2013-14, we had a pretty challenging year. Uh, well, I mean, it was very challenging. It was the worst in our franchise history uh, from, a, from an on-court perspective. But then at the same time, um, we had new ownership come in. And that was, like, that was a big game changer just from, um, we were able to, the NBA was changing as a business ton. Um, and I think maybe not quite at that time, but, you know, 10 years before that, you could be a really, really small entity and still function at a really high level within, within the, the construct of what the NBA was. And that was slowly going away. It was really turning into obviously like what it is now, like a, a ginormous business, right? So we, we needed to transition as well. And new ownership, when they came in, made that possible. And that was, that was by far the biggest game changer. Um, the other biggest game changer in that time frame was during the 2013-14 season as well. We drafted Giannis, um, and so he, at the time, I mean, he was kind of a, an interesting. Everyone saw him in in every game. He would do one or two things that were just like, "Oh my God, I've never seen that before." Uh, but he was still he was 18 and still figuring everything out, right? So at that point, we can you know that started the process of like kind of where we are today of those were two major things. Um, as far as like, for me personally, just on the straight up marketing end, uh, I think one of the biggest things that we try to do at all, at all points, because of my background, uh, we always look at everything from the customer lens first from a consumer experience perspective. And that's kind of where we start every single conversation that we have. I don't know if that's game changer necessarily, but it's certainly kind of our, foundation and philosophy great and ben it looks like our co-host has turned up yeah. this must this be is quite quite the story vincent and we are on air so we would all love to hear what happened no this was like i was on a i was a client had called me and i was on the call i thought this started later this has never happened to me ben 
I even wore a jacket with Bucks colors. This is season three premiere. This is crazy. <laughs> this is no, no. It's like one of my clients is talking. No, it's like I like to walk around and talk. And then I, I was like, and then I saw text. I didn't see. I, I, I didn't, you know, get me. Oh, you did call. I was like, this is crazy. I'm in my office. Uh, I was here. There's no good story. I oh, just well, when we're gonna uh, not edit this part out, so we keep all of this. <laughs> no, so. you could. I wanted to do the intro. I'm dying to do this intro. I, I don't know. Uh, if we... It's too late, buddy. It's oh, too late. Oh my goodness! I got the intro today. So. Oh wow! The first time <laughs> it's a season three premiere. And no, this I was here, and then I was like, I was on the I was on the call, and then uh, just went to the restroom, and that's it. I was like, how did I miss this? I was ready. Look at this jacket. This is Bucks Green. It's a great, it's a great looking jacket. Bucks green for you, Ben. My class of 96 <laughs> brother, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is, uh, yeah, no, this is, what a way to premiere season three is uh, me being late to a podcast uh, for the first time and, in 121 and, episodes. And you know what? It sounds like the bathroom trip had something to do with it. So probably whatever you ate last night caused this. <laughs> Could have been. What did I eat last night? I don't even know what I ate last night. Um, But yeah, sorry about that. It's uh, that's first for the marketing stir, ladies and gentlemen. I am I was running late today. I had gotten sidetracked. That's the first time in the history of this podcast. I've even done one solo, but AJ was carrying it. I love it. I love it. I knew his true potential. Ben, so glad to talk to you again, my friend, my fellow class in 96er. I'm sorry to keep giving our age away, but hey, we're proud of it. We're doing some great things, especially you, my friend. And uh, I wore this special green jacket for you for the Milwaukee Bucks. The season is coming out. I'm excited for you guys, even though I'm a New Yorker. I don't root for the New York teams. Sorry to say that. I don't. But um, it's so great to have you here. Let's get right into it. The 2015 brand, I want to talk to you about that. It seems to have come at a good time with the recent resurgence of the team. But was the original plan to mark a new era of Bucks basketball? You guys are doing some great things over there. Yeah, I think so. You know, new ownership came in. Um, and during that period, I think there was a realization that over the last probably 10 years, there was kind of a, 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 group, a group of fans that were kind of lost some degree right like we hadn't been very good um nothing spectacular and the brand it wasn't it without sounding too corny it wasn't cool to have buck stuff right and i think that was that was like one of the things where we wanted to not only reconnect with the community as a whole but also specifically there was a you know there was a younger demo that had that had had not grown up with interest in the basketball team because it just wasn't compelling for them and i think And one of the things where we wanted to really start that with was really getting back to community. And I, if you meet people, and I'm sure this is, you know, not indifferent from other places, but if you meet people from Wisconsin, um, the level of pride that people have for the state where they're from is is off the charts. It's almost, and most people will probably say it's annoying, but uh, it just people really have a lot of pride. And then you take that down to the city of Milwaukee, people who you know live, work from their pride for the city, it, it just, it, you can't even like ignore it. It is so strong. I mean, it is, it's a, it's a chip that people wear in their shoulder, like, you know, like nobody's business. So I think wanting to get back to that feeling of that, you know, Wisconsin pride, hardworking, connecting back to the city of Milwaukee and the things that make Milwaukee great all the while, just honestly making it cool again 
to wear Bucks gear. And I think that was, and just, and to be part of, be part of the team, part of the brand, part of the organization. So I think that was really the driver is that we wanted to reconnect almost like, and, and we had a, an ad campaign that was like, reintroduce ourselves back to the community as this is who we are. This is what we want to, where we're going. And this is what we want to get to, which, you know, fast forward to 2021, we got there, which is to win a championship, which is awesome. Yeah, no, I, exactly. And I want to get a talk about that championship. It's like, you know, Ben, I, I walk around New York City here. There's people with Bucks gear on. They, 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 they wear it uh, proud. And you know, maybe they're from Wisconsin. Maybe they're not. You know, you got, you know, I think the best player in the world will get to him in, in a moment. But let's talk about that championship. You guys are world champions, right? You, you, and you won it. That was exactly 50 years after the first one. What was that yeah. like? What was that like? And, and, you know, how, especially you're a smaller market team, right? Yeah. Talk to me about that. And then a question I want to know, and everyone I think listening is like, wait, did you also get a ring? Talk to me about all of that. So what it was like, it was, it was surreal, to be honest. Um, uh, it, I, I still like, I get kind of get goosebumps just thinking about the experience of being there. But I think the interesting thing about that about that championship run was what people you know as you look back at it now what people probably don't remember a little bit is that we started the season with no fans it was the first, it was the season right after pandemic right so um we started the season with no fans so it was like a really weird kind of vibe all the way through and then in february and we started late because the and the bubble had ended in summer so we started a couple months late so the timing of everything was like was really off so then we started, we started in February having fans. And when we could, when we could have fans back, it was, I think it was 10%. It was a really small number. So we were like roughly around a thousand, a thousand people were in our, in our venue through February. Um, and then March came and kind of some of the, the restrictions lifted a little bit, but during the regular season, the most people we had at a game was 25%. So I think we were around the, the four to 5,000 range. So I mean, it was just a really interesting way to, you know, like to take in games, right? So that was, but then the playoffs started and then we got moved up to bump it to 50%. Um, and it was like, so we're going through all these different things, trying to plan. And, it, you know, it was, it was intense because the timing of the playoffs is, is incredible because basically you have compact games and then whatever happens in that next game could mean your season's over. It could mean that you have to go on sale with a new series. It could mean you're extending it. You know, there's, there's so many ramifications that just come off of that game. Well, one of them was we, in the first round against the Miami Heat, um, we had won the first three. And then the city, the, the city and, and kind of everyone else said that we could go. We had just gotten the okay to go to 50, but then they said we could go to 100. And that, that literally happened within a couple of days of each other. So we were, we, as an organization, we were kind of sitting there like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to, how are we going to kind of, if we would lose the next game, our next game, I think was going to be like three or four days later that at the end of that week, we're like, how are we going to get up? How are we going to be able to do this with everyone and, and mobilize in that time frame, Right. So, um, but then we won, which is awesome. And then we had, we had a little bit of time to do that, but it's just, <clears throat> then we had to, you know, figure out, okay, now we got to run the arena again at a hundred percent sell, you know, sell a hundred percent of tickets have all that kind of 
similar experience while still having some of the, you know, the COVID things like uh, mobile ordering was the only way to buy food. Like there was different things within the arena that the experience was just different than, you know, so a lot of these people that came to all these fans that were coming to the games during that playoff run, they had not been to a game potentially during the entire year. So their experience of what a live event was, was completely different than when they got there. So it was just like that part from a business side was just wild. But then, um, but then as we kind of move forward into the end, we got Phoenix, you know, we won that, the, the series against, against Brooklyn. Then we went to Atlanta, then Giannis gets hurt. And everyone is like, you know, beside themselves, like, Oh my God, what's going to happen. And then, Chris and Drew step up in an incredible way uh, to get us through to the next, to the next round to, to play obviously Phoenix. And then, you know, we go down 2 0, um, which we did, which we had done previously against Brooklyn as well, but we go down 2 0 and it, you know, it was just, Oh my God, we were, you know, a lot of pits in the stomach. And then, I mean, they just, I mean, the team just literally came out of the gates and just went on obviously an incredible run. And then, you know, game six, uh, I was very fortunate. I was able to like sit in the stands with my wife, which I, I hadn't actually been to a game with my wife, probably, man, it, but with just us two, I should say, not without our kids, probably in 10 to 15 years. And uh, just like, and just so we, I got to soak it in the game as a fan and it was, it was incredible. Um, it was just incredible. And I think the craziest thing is that, I was, if you watch the game at the end of the game, when Giannis hits his 50th point off the, at the free throw line, they span the crowd in the back. You can see my face in a blue polo clear as day. My phone lit up with text messages from all these people. <laughs> and the worst part is, is my face looked mad because <laughs> at that moment, at that exact moment, I was like looking at the game still like kind of worried is this really happening to me right is this really happening right now and then also like getting like overwhelming becoming overwhelmed with emotion and like of like all of this like it was just I mean just thinking about it now and like talking through it I just get I just get chills thinking about how incredible it was because like I mean the thing is like especially like when you work in sports I people always ask me whenever I do like you know, talks to the schools or different things like what, it, what about your job do you like best? And the thing I always say is that in the end, I get to help provide people and be a part of something that gives people experiences that they take away for the rest of their lives, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, a first game with your mom, dad, brother, sister, like friend, whatever. Like there are these first time experiences or just general life experiences that you get to do that I get to help play a role in that you never forget your whole life. And then like, I basically got that. Like I, I lived that, right? And it was, it was just incredible. Like there's no other way to describe it other than it was incredible. That's amazing. And how about that ring? Did you get a ring? I did get a ring. <laughs> I'm mad that I don't have it. I don't have it with me uh. right now, but I did get a ring. It's gorgeous. It makes me feel uncomfortable even having it on to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> right now it's literally, sitting in my basement on the bar in the middle in this beautiful case. That's like, awesome. For, 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 for visibility. So yeah, it's, I it's love awesome. it. Congrats, man. I love that story. Yeah. And Ben, I can relate to kind of the uh, empty arenas cause we have season tickets to the uh, Spurs here. And uh, at first they weren't allowing anybody. And then they were allowing 
very small subsets for each game from yep. the season ticket holders. So it was a very strange uh, given that Spurs is usually playing to sold out uh, arenas normally. So. Yeah, and it was it was weird too, right? Because as a season ticket holder, you probably only got to go to a few of them because exactly. we, we only had, you know, like in the end, if you have 4,000 seats, but like I, I'm, the Spurs, I also believe have a very strong season ticket base where, where we do as well, where it's like, if you have 10,000 season ticket holders, but you only have 4,000 seats for a game, how are you going to get everyone the chance plus give other people an opportunity to go like with other different plans? So it was really a, a, a lot of, like our ticket operations during that period did an incredible job of like playing connected dots and figuring out how do we get as many people as possible, the opportunity to experience basketball while still keeping everyone connected to the, to the brand and their investment that they made in the team. Right. So related to that, Ben, how much does brand loyalty come into play when it comes to planning marketing campaign, obviously, to get through the pandemic, you needed that connection with the fan base. So we'd love to hear about how the loyalty portion of the marketing comes into play for you. I mean, it, it you know, it's everything, right? Like our, our campaign kind of coming out of that was uh, built for this, uh, was kind of what, where we were. Uh, and as we were kind of moving forward into the, in, in through the pandemic, you know, I mean, let's be honest too. We were very fortunate to have an incredible talent and incredible player that, that, that it's easy to, to connect with on top of a, a successful franchise. And we also had a new arena. So like we had a lot of very positive things for fans to stay connected. So, and, you know, if this had happened, you know, in the years that I talked about before, who knows what would have happened, right? But I mean, we knew we knew that fans were excited about our team um, and that couldn't wait to see it. And we continued to build our marketing campaign to get as many people to experience their product as possible. But it, the fan loyalty that we experienced, I mean, I mean, shoot, look at the look at those final shots during the championship. I mean. We had, you know, 18,000 inside of the arena and like, I can't remember the exact number, 65, 70,000 outside. We had like literally 100,000 people almost in this area of people, you know, and the people that were outside were just watching it on screens for that community feel and just excitement, right? Like, so talk about like brand and loyalty and excitement and, you know, dreams and visions realized all at the same time. I mean, that culmination of all those people experiencing that together, like it's unbelievable. And it just, I mean, it just, you know, it, it dives into where that rebrand started, right? Like when we are kind of circling back, like that's what everyone envisioned of, you know, it was, it was a community experience that everyone felt together. And, it, and I think, you, you know, you talk to people about that accomplishment, they just get, like the, the Bucks fans that you talk to who are there and they can't, they can't even speak enough about it, how amazing it was. So recently, Ben, I watched the movie Rise, which is based around Yanis's life. Uh, so, you know, what does he do? Obviously on the court, we all know his accomplishments, but how is he used in the community? How, what does he mean to Milwaukee? I mean, he, 
I mean, he obviously is a special and incredible person, right? So like he has, he has made this space in this area, his home. Um, and, and, and he continues to commit to, to the area as well. And you, and people just connect with them. I mean, there's all those, you know, during that, I think like there are books about him and there are stories, like all the different things about, you know, how he connected early on in his career with different people that were here that helped him. Like, I mean, the reality is navigate through life. Like here, here's an 18 year old kid, you know, living in another country without his family at the time at all, because they couldn't come over here. Um, and they're like people in our organization that basically like hung out with them, taught them how to drive, you know, so he really locked into, I think this community. And I think people truly embrace him and, and really, you know, see his story. And then also, you know, from an organization perspective, I think see either see the connection of, you know, kind of someone, you know, against all odds type, type scenario where he kind of came up through that space. Um, and, and then the organization was at a low point and kind of did a similar thing and, and without being too corny, it was done together, right? Um, I think for what he does, like business-wise, I mean, there's there's some obvious things, right? Like he, he, he helps us sell tickets. I mean, he helps us do all of those things because he's, he's such an incredible talent. I think the biggest impact that has changed who we are as a brand is he took I mean, the team did as well, obviously, but like he's the he's the rocket, if you will, that's pushing it forward. I mean, we went from a city brand to a state brand to then an international brand, you know? So where whereas we're sitting right here right now today, if you talk to people from other parts of the world and you say Milwaukee, they may have no idea where that is, but they probably know the Bucks and they probably know Giannis on some level. So I think that's the, that's the biggest change where the stage that we, that we quote unquote play on got a lot bigger. Yeah. And I love that he, you know, stayed with you know, the city and the state. And you're right about that, Ben. It's like, like I said before, New York city, you walk around melting pot of people from all over the globe who are coming to New York and, you know, just, coming off the summer here with, you know, that's when the jerseys come out, right? It's hot out. It's, you see, you know, Milwaukee Bucks, it, Milwaukee is well represented and, uh, you know, hats off to you. But I want to talk about, you know, the, some of the challenges. Like, you know, we, we have uh, not, you the first sports team we've talked to, but, you know, we, you know, um, a lot of our clients are, are sports teams, but, you know, what do you believe is the greatest challenge that most sports marketers are facing today? I think the biggest challenge that for us, and I think a lot of teams is like finding that unknown fan and making sure that you can provide them the best experience within, within the arena, right? So like, you know, everything we do is to try to continue to connect with fans, but also like, you know, very simply, you know, when fans come into our arena, if, you know, if it's, you have a ticket and you have four and you, you transfer me, do whatever, trying to find each one of those people understand who they are and being able to provide them the best possible experience within, you know, within the arena walls. I think the other part that's really challenging, and I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, is that most sports teams, while they have a very big brand, have a very small staff um, in relation to like what they do. So like I think about my team, 
we have like overall our entire marketing department consists of around 25 people. My my team in particular is is I always make the joke it's three and a half with me being the half. So like what we and we do all like all the uh, email, all the marketing automation, all the different things for all the different entities that we support through our through our entire portfolio, which includes all fights or form events, our pro shop, um, you know, obviously Bucks and all the individual entities that happen within the Bucks as well. So it's a lot, and we're all intertwined in all kinds of different parts of the business. So I think when you start to talk to people in the sports world, like myself, they wear a ton of hats. And so like trying to, trying to, you know, and then, and then the season comes and then it's like everything that you have to get done is needs to be done very quickly and very efficiently because as soon as that game ends, there's another one staring you down in the face, you know, a couple of days away. So I think those are like the biggest challenges and, you know, the solves for some of, you know, a lot of it, I, if, if you're fortunate, like we're, we're very fortunate in our spaces to be able to help solve them with some technology. Um, but I think, you know, staff resources and, and then time are, are what really work against, I think, most sports marketers. Hmm. No, no, very interesting. And, and Ben, yeah, as we're gearing up for the start of the season, what do these next six months look like for you and, and really look like for the industry? Oh man. I mean, it is, this is, this is a very, I think most people you talk to it well, specific in the NBA, it's a kind of an overwhelming feeling right now. Cause it's like, we're 11 days away from our first playoff game. Uh, or I'm sorry, first preseason game. I was a bit presumptuous. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I love the spirit though. I love it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just, it's just trying to get ready and trying to, trying to build for kind of each making sure we can get, you know, obviously all the tickets sold for all the games that we have. And then at that point, how we're creating, you know, unique experiences for all those games. Um, and I think the biggest challenges that, that we're looking at right now is we're still, we're still a little bit, there are parts of the business that are still quote unquote coming back from COVID. I think as it relates to like ticket sales and some other things. So I think we're trying to continue to build on those to help impact our business. One example is like groups, like groups are still slowly working back into that space. Um, so, but from a digital side and an, on a, and a marketing automation side for us, we're, it's really about enhancing the fan experience right now. The biggest thing that we're working on is like enhancing our, our in arena food and beverage mobile experience. Um, and I, and I think really just driving, driving and trying to marry up the people that we have in our market and then the ticket products that we have and making sure that we can hit the right people with the right mark over the next, you know, kind of six months to get, to get prep for playoffs again. Right. So like, I mean, that's the ultimate goal, but there's, we got to make sure that, you know, we're hitting all the marks in, in November as well as December, as we kind of lead into that space. Ben, obviously you're very passionate about what you do and your passion for Bucks comes through as well. Uh, but what is kind of your favorite uh, part of your job if you had to pick one? Oh, man. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a very, like, experiential type person. Like, I value 
having an experience with someone almost over anything else. And I think just the, that idea and that, you know, being able to provide that experience. I think the thing to me personally that I've, that I'm most excited about that's happened over the last probably 10 years is that I've gotten to build a team. Uh, and then I've gotten to, you know, I, hopefully they would say this, I think they would, that really positively impact people in their careers along the way. And part of, part of the coolest thing about being here a long time is that as each year I obviously learn more, but I get, there's more people that I get to interact with that I get to, um, hopefully provide things for them that can help them along in their career and their experience as well. Um, so I've been really fortunate to have some amazing people that I work with and that work with me. So I think just being able to continue to impact their careers in that aspect, but then, you know, I, I mean, anything, anything for me that you, the best part is when you get to experience something with other people um, that's, you know, really, amazing and communal. I think that's, that's about as good as it gets for me. I mean, whether it's, you know, that's why I love live events. I mean, I, one of the things like I, I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I've seen him 19 times. And so like, I, I'm really excited. Um, March 7th at Pfizer Forum will be my 20th. Um, but just like things like that, where it's like, I get to go see that with my, with my closest friends that we've been to all 20 together. And like, I just can't wait for that. Like, that experience that we're going to have is going to be amazing and, and it can't be replaced, you know, like, like that's, that's what I, that's what I get excited about. And your career is probably one that would be a dream job for a lot of youngsters or people trying to get into the uh, sports marketing industry. So what advice do you have for somebody in college or just graduating who wants to get into sports marketing? I think the, the most important thing is to intern. Um, like it sounds really corny, but like most of the people that I know that have gotten, that continue to move around in sports is I think you have to be able to be willing to do two things. You have to be willing to intern and you really have to be willing to, to go anywhere. Um, because I think there's a lot of opportunities there. I, to be frank, I'm the anomaly to where I started with the team and continue to be able to make my path within one team. Most of the people that are really successful in sports have, um, you know, been willing to move around a little bit. Right. So I think, I think that's the, be willing to, to take an internship and to do it and to kind of almost like do, I don't want to say whatever, but to do, to do an internship in, in any spot, whether it's, you know, minor league or major league, whatever it is, and then be willing and be flexible enough to, to be interested in moving to another space. Cause I think that's where you can really kind of make your headway to gain that experience, to be able to, to get into sports. Cause like I said, I think there's, there's very few of me per se, as far as like where you started as an intern and then continued to, to work your way up. And I, as I mentioned to AJ before, like also with this, with the stuff that you're interested in doing, like, when I started, the job that I have now didn't exist, and each job that I've had that I have now didn't exist. So, like, also just be open to what what's happening and what you're what's available to do. And I remember talking to you, Ben, where you know, again, you've been there 22 years, and you're still a, a young man. And you know, you started started out uh, tickets and, and and doing a variety of different things. And also, you are the anomaly in the sense that you grew up in that area. 
right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so yep. it's not like, it's like, you know, some people dream of sports marketing and they're like, oh, I just want to get into it. And you're like, oh, I, you know, uh, okay, I got sent to the Chicago Bulls. Well, that's not my team growing up. In your case, it's the team and, and you're yeah. doing it and, and, you know, you get to experience it. I want to ask a few questions uh, before we wrap here. One is our staple question that our fans love. And how do I know they love that? Because they've been coming up to me at conferences as group events are back. Yes. And uh, the LinkedIn question. Again, with your title, the Milwaukee Bucks, a visible, uh, awesome franchise, you must get solicited via LinkedIn all the time. What's a message that gets Ben Conrad's attention and what's a message that you hate? What's what's a pet peeve of the LinkedIn reach out? Oh boy! Wow, this is this is this is so <laughs> how much, much time do you have? Right? It's like <laughs> this is, no, it's a, it's a dangerous territory. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm a corny guy, so any <laughs> anything that's punny uh, that hits something like I would say this: if you are look if you're messaging me personally and you've at least done a little bit of research to understand something about me, and then you message me with something along those lines and it has some humor involved, I'll at least look at it. Um, the thing that I probably, the thing that I, I actually just experienced this today, actually, now that I'm thinking about this, that I really can't stand it and it drives me nuts, is like if someone messages me and I don't respond, and then they message me again saying something to the effect of, I've tried to message you, why haven't you re reached out? Or like something like that. I was just like, well, I didn't reach out to you in the first place. I yeah. don't know why, what, what your expectation was of me in this part of our current arrangement. So yeah. I think that's probably the, the one that I, I struggle with the most is when people, or they, or they misunderstand our role where they say it's like oh as the nba well i don't work for the nba i work for the bucks so like mm. like those kinds of things but i mean i understand too like there's people they're just hustling they're trying to do their best so i get it yeah but you're right it's like if you don't reach out to if you don't the one that i hate is like it's like did i do something wrong um hey i didn't hear from you i'm like right. oh no yeah you did a lot of things wrong and and <laughs> how much time do you have yeah, but yeah, I, I, I don't like those. I like that too. I like when someone is funny. Always gets my attention. It always uh, that always grabs me. But um, tough to beat a good pun. Yeah, all puns are fantastic. It's uh, right. AJ's the king of puns. He's a, he loves. Uh, he's like that subtly, <laughs> naturally funny, but he'll throw a good pun uh, out there. <laughs> but Ben, what do you like to do for fun? What's uh, you know, it, it's. You're, you're up there. And I want to say something first, because I, you could tell the Milwaukee Bucks fans are are loyal, right? Because, you know, basketball, the, the heart of it, December, January, February, that's, it's cold in Wisconsin. You're going outside, you're going into an arena. That is dedication. That's, that's a fan base. I love, I love, uh, you know, I just wanted to add that in there because I have friends who are living, uh, you know, Milwaukee area or went to University of Wisconsin in the Madison, they, they, they live in that area now, they're diehards and they, they love it. So hats off to them. But uh, talk to me about hobbies. What do you like doing? You said you have a family. Uh, what, what do you like doing in your spare time when you're not working? Well, I am a habitual youth sports coach. So I, my, so my daughter, I have a daughter right now that's a freshman in high school. Uh, and I have a daughter that is in fourth grade. 
So I love coaching their sports teams. I've been coaching uh, girls basketball since my daughter, my oldest daughter was in fourth grade. So now I'm starting back up again with my, uh, with my youngest. Um, And my daughter also plays a little golf. So we get, we play, like to play golf together as a family, which is, which is fun. Um, And then I think, outside of that, my, my biggest passion outside of sports is music. Um, like I mentioned, Bruce, like I love, I love, and it's harder now with kids and activities and stuff, mm-hmm. but man, going to a live concert, uh, there is, there is the, the juice you get from a really oh, yeah. good live performance. is like, I just, like, I was just saying to my friends who were talking about going to Bruce is like, I just like need it. Like I need, yeah. like, I just, I need that. I need that feeling because uh, it's just it's 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 impossible to replace and it's so special so going to a really good live concert uh mm-hmm. is is my favorite. besides sports is my favorite I, I i agree with you i was recently at i went to go see alton john for his farewell i and then um i went to go see chris rock and kevin hart did a few shows together for in this new york new jersey area and they never performed together and then the opening act, oh, surprise, was Dave Chappelle. And I'm like, this doesn't get paid. People went nuts, Ben. People went yeah, bananas. And, and I remember just looking around and just seeing everyone happy and seeing everyone cheering and someone sitting next to me. And we're just laughing together. I don't know this guy. And especially what the last couple of years has been, I was like, it's, it's, it's magical. It's magical. It feels even more special. And, and yeah. again, it was a night away from our kids all, all two times. <laughs> My wife's, so I'm like, this yeah. is even more special. I'll go to anything if it involves yeah. uh, without the children. I love them, though, ladies and gentlemen. Don't email me and think I don't love them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've got a lot of rabid fans, rabid fans, Ben. Well, uh, the so- interesting thing is when they start to intersect. So the last concert I was actually at was Olivia Rodrigo with my, with my daughter <laughs> and three of her friends. Yep. So, like... So I, it was really funny because, like, I mean, she's a, an incredibly talented uh, mm-hmm. singer-songwriter. I, if I was going to a show, that wouldn't be the first one I would pick. Uh, but it was incredible. Um, but it was really fun and, and honestly just amazing to see that show through her eyes is the same way that I feel when I go see people that I'm passionate about. So it was, like, it was really fun to really experience the show, but also experience her feelings and watching her yeah. with her friends and how, and how that made her feel. I thought mm-hmm. that was amazing. So I think yeah. those are, those are the things too, as you get, you know, you get older with kids is like, there's really cool experiences for yourself. But when you get to experience stuff like that and see your kids in that same space, it's, it's really special. Oh, definitely. And that, like you said, that's something that she'll remember the rest of her life, her first concert yep. and uh, you got to take her. So that that's amazing. Ben, last question for me. Was there a parade? How was it, if so? Oh, my God. There was a parade. <laughs> um, it was amazing. Uh, I, got to, I got to ride in one of the floats. Nice. Throw, t- throw T-shirts out. Like, I mean, I don't remember how. I mean, it was, I don't remember the, the distance. And the, it was all kind of a blur. But it went through the city of Milwaukee. I mean, the streets were lined 15, 20 deep. Uh, at all people on rooftops um, mm-hmm. like we had a, a huge event uh, after where I mean there's just 
sea of people. Um, it, it was awesome. Like, I don't even, I don't like, I don't have, I don't have the full level of words to describe all the feelings. Like it was just, it was one of those things where, especially like from a, you know, organizations, like, I mean, 50 years since the, you know, since the first mm -hmm. one for me personally, like, you know, my, at that time it was my 23rd season to like that feeling of accomplishment and just the, the, the community of it all. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Like, I think the, the funniest part is uh, a close friend of mine who works downtown somewhere. He's got like a great video of me. I saw him throwing a t-shirt that eventually made it onto, you know, of course me posting it on my Instagram story, but mm -hmm. just like little, little things like that. Just like, again, more memories that yeah. live forever. Like it was awesome. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Ben, for sharing your story. Uh, we, we, we love having you here. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Ben Conrad. He's the Vice President, Digital Marketing Automation for the Milwaukee Bucks, the 2021 NBA champions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you live in the Milwaukee area, go to a game. If you're a company out there, hit them up, get some season tickets. You know, as uh, AJ mentioned, we have that. Uh, I'm in New York, but you know, they have that in San Antonio there as well. But Milwaukee area, hit them up. Also, if you're visiting the area on business, go to a game. They're fun. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Ben Conrad. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. Late. I was late today. How dare I for season three? What a way to kick it off. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.